Are you dreaming about travelling again? I bet you are. So give yourself a break and listen to my brand new travel podcast. It's made for people like you, by people like you. And in these podcasts, there will be interviews with different types of travellers and the strange characters that I've met on the road. With stories and anecdotes from the last 32 years of my continuous backpacking and working around the world. Also, there'll be cynical destination descriptions and the occasional travel tip to smooth your journey. And for all the squeamish listeners out there, I just want to say that no studio was used or abused in the making of these podcasts or any of the recordings. So please check it out, and I hope you like it. Oh, and by the way, my name's Alan. Excuse me, start again. I'll do that bit again. Hi everybody. Now for something completely different this week. And I think we've all encountered bugs, creepy crawlies, pests, whatever you want to call them, at some time or another while we've been travelling. So let me list the main suspects in this week's podcast. We have mosquitoes, ants, bedbugs, spiders, scorpions, bees, wasps, ticks and leeches. And I know every traveller has their own stories and how to deal with them. But this is how I've dealt with them in the past, especially during the more basic forms of travel like backpacking, hiking and camping. So here are some of my stories and anecdotes about my personal encounters with these creatures, or occasionally seen happen to other people. And when you're travelling in different parts of the world, with different climates, you get different bugs, especially while sleeping outdoors or camping. I like to find my camp spot around about mid-afternoon, four or five o'clock in the daylight, well before dusk and well before nightfall. And this is so I can find the best place to erect my tent, so I don't put it on an ant's nest or next to a wasp's nest in a tree or a bush or anything like that. And when hanging my hammock or pitching my tent, I like to check the branches in the trees above to make sure they won't fall on me at night. But these are just other things. But today it's all about bugs and critters. So let's get back to the stories. Let's start with mosquitoes. I've always disliked mosquitoes. In fact, I don't know anybody that likes them. I've never met anybody that likes them. And since getting dengue fever in Asia, I've liked them even less. And in the hostel where I was staying at the time, there were two doctors, two young doctors, who were working at the local hospital on the dengue line. So jokingly, I asked them, what do I do if I get it? Paracetamol and lots of water, they said. I was infected by a mosquito bite the next week. Two other backpackers staying at the hostel caught it and they were pretty bad too. For me it was rough. I felt like I was dying. But luckily I was strong and healthy. And after a couple of weeks of writhing about and groaning in my bunk, I slowly got better. But it left me very weak for a long time afterwards. And at that time, 23,000 people were infected and 11 died in the city. I've always covered up and used some sort of repellent, 
even in low-risk areas, to prevent being bitten. And I've used all different types, from homemade mixtures of baby oil and Dettol, to lemongrass, to regular supermarket repellents, and even strong DEET in the more serious situations. And there are plenty of natural and synthetic repellents out there. It's your choice. And please remember, it only takes one bite by an infected mosquito to bring you down. Okay, ants. I don't really have a definitive ant story, because I do my best to avoid them. They're almost in every location in the world that I've seen anyway, and the only difference is their size and their colour. They're still very persistent, especially if there's food stuff about so they're best to be avoided. I've had them marching up the tree trunk and along my hammock lines and usually I'd use DEET-infused paracord lines. But when forced with this same problem and no DEET, I've improvised and used a lemon rubbed along the lines. And once I've made the mistake of putting my tent up in a really bad ant area so I reverted to distraction tactics. I kept them away by giving them some sugary food well away from my tent. By the morning, the ants had marched to and from their nest to get the food. Even before I left the area, the ants had carved out clear pathways to the bait and well away from my tent. I know ants hate lemongrass, peppermint oil, vinegar, DEET, all the usual sort of things, even pepper, I think. So it's worth a try. Once when I was standing chatting to a group of young backpackers who had just finished camping one of the many superb national parks in Argentina, a girl in the group casually unzipped her backpack just before she put her hand inside to rummage around. She shrieked as a fairly large spider crawled out. A good reason to keep bugs out of your bag. And I've seen a similar thing in Asia with bedbugs. I've seen them climbing off someone's backpack onto their bed after that person's moved from a different hostel to get away from the hostel they were in last night with bedbugs. If that makes sense. That's usually how the bedbugs get from one hostel to another. People end up carrying them around in their bags, on their clothes, and as they travel. And it's a lot more common than you think. So always check your bag. If you want to prevent it, you can always put your, if you know your bag is clean, you can put your bag in a bin bag or a big thick plastic bag and tie the top up while you're in a hostel. Or you can spray it with DEET. If you spray a backpack with DEET, the, the bed bugs won't get on it. So do your best to keep the insects out and off your bag when you travel. It's the crawling insects you've got to watch. So prevalent are bedbugs in some countries that accommodation owners think it's normal to have them or they just give up trying to eradicate them. So one of the best things you can do is to read the reviews of where you're going and the places you're going to stay at and you'll often see if there's bedbugs there, people will write about it. Even though bedbugs don't pass on diseases like mosquitoes or ticks, they are still not nice and and an unnecessary pest. Luckily, I know the signs and how to keep them off me 
and I have lots of different methods. So if anybody is seriously concerned, contact me and I'll give you the info. There's too, too many to list. Okay, on to my next story. On this occasion, I couldn't find anywhere to pitch my tent one evening on my way back from the Sahara Desert. I was riding my motorbike over a high mountain range and it was already night and pitch black by the time I found a small, non-rocky area to pitch my tent. It was by the side of the track and under some high electrical cables that came down into a big concrete block from a string of pylons stretching across the mountain tops, which I could just see in the moonlight. Using my maglite torch, I erected my one-man tent, took what I needed off the bike and put it inside. Because this was the only flat ground around, it meant that I was directly underneath the buzzing high-tension cables that were two metres above my tent. I'm not a great fan of electricity after getting an electric shock as a kid. It was my own fault and it threw me against the wall. I'm still very apprehensive around it. I slipped into my sleeping bag, listening to the loud hum of the electric passing through the cables above me, and wondered if there would be an electric field or a current surrounding me and the tent, as I'm only a few feet away. But I fell asleep, exhausted, before I could come to an answer. When my 5.30 alarm woke me from my deep, deep sleep, I did what I always did in the dark at that time. I sat up. And suddenly I felt as I was being electrocuted, because it felt like my skin was being electrified, and in the dark I automatically assumed the sensation I felt was caused by the electricity from the buzzing cables overhead. I could feel my skin on my face and head tingle, being pulled and stretched. And if I had hair, I would imagine my hair would have been standing on end. My hands searched frantically in the dark for my torch, which I always kept beside my sleeping bag at night. I found it and switched it on and couldn't believe my eyes. The complete inside of my tent was covered in a massive spider's web. I was stunned and speechless. I sat there in disbelief at seeing the thick strands of silvery silk in my torchlight. Then suddenly it occurred to me that one, it must be a huge spider, and two, it must have been walking over me all night long creating this immense web. I'd sat up in the pitched black tent into a web, dragging its thick silvery strands across my whole upper body. That's what the sensation was I felt on my head and on my face. I carefully got out of the tent, and once outside, a shiver shuddered up my spine. As dawn broke and the sun rose, I took each item out of the tent, carefully checked it, and packed it back on the bike. I hadn't found the spider, and I was down to the last three or four things, still against the back wall of the tent. As I held one of my shoes raised, ready to splat this monster spider when I found it, I was very carefully removing and checking everything, except my other shoe, which was the very last thing, lying against the back wall of the tent. I thought it might be hiding behind, but no. 
it was hiding inside my shoe and it was huge. Which reminds me of a story about my boss on the farm in Lara, West Melbourne, Australia. She'd leave her boots outside the main door of the house at night and in the morning she'd get up, put the boots on and go to work. And only at lunchtime when she was back at the house she slipped off her boots to find a squashed huntsman spider at the end of her foot. Huntsman spiders can be the size of a dinner plate but are harmless. And it's one of the first things you learn when you travel or camp in desert regions. You always bang your boots out every time before putting them on to make sure there are no scorpions or snakes hiding inside. It becomes a necessary habit. And when I hitchhiked around Australia, it was that warm at night that I'd often sleep on a mat under the stars. And most mornings I'd find a small scorpion or two under my mat and they'd just scuttle off into the bush. Okay, bees and wasps now. The general rule here is if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. I once watched some kids playing tag in an area with lots of trees and bushes. Suddenly the children started shrieking because they'd disturbed a wasp's nest in the bushes. Nobody got stung, but they moved away to play and their lesson was learnt. And once, when riding my motorbike through some orange groves in Spain, I hit a bee that went into the side of my crash helmet, past my ear buzzing loudly, and it stung me on the back of the head before I could stop the bike and get my helmet off. And I felt bad for the bee. I'd heard a lot about ticks and the diseases they could give you long before I saw one. Eventually, the further afield I travelled, and the stranger locations I camped in, it would only be a matter of time before I caught up with them or they caught up with me. My first encounter was a baptism of fire, and once again it was already dark by the time I found somewhere to set up my tent. It was the only flat area I could find enough for the tent, and it was hard sand. With my eyes accustomed to the darkness, I took things off my bike and placed them inside the tent. I was so exhausted, by the time I'd finished, I ate a tin of peaches and then went to sleep. My alarm woke me at 5.30 as usual, and when I unzipped my sleeping bag, I saw what I instantly recognised but had never seen before. Ticks. Blood-sucking ticks. Not just one or two, but several on me. I didn't move. Luckily, in the tent next to me was my toolbox, and I took out my pliers, and one by one crushed them off me, dropping them into my drinking mug one after the other. And it took a while, and by using my shaving mirror and a lot of care when squeezing the pliers closed, I managed to get them all. As I broke camp, I went through all my gear meticulously, making sure I'd got all of them, and I wasn't taking any ticks with me when I left. With my packed motorbike standing away from the area, I walked back 
and realised I'd erected my tent in some wild scrubland of bracken and heather on the edge of a woodland, which I hadn't seen that night. And while standing there in the middle of this flat area, where the tent had been, I tapped my foot on the ground, and within seconds, ticks from all over the scrub started crawling towards my foot. I stopped tapping, they stopped advancing. I moved to one side and started tapping my foot again, and they all changed direction and came towards me. So that's what happened in the dark last night, the vibrations I created while pitching my tent. Possibly my body heat and maybe the carbon monoxide from my breath attracted them too. That whole woodland area would have had rabbits, deer, squirrels, rats, foxes, etc. All good hosts for ticks. The only other time I encountered ticks was when I was going to have a warm shower under a tree in Spain. I'd always carried my transparent 10 litre water bag on the back of my motorbike which would heat up in the sun as I rode south, which I'd hang on a branch to use as a shower. But even before I got my clothes off, ticks started dropping out of the tree onto me from above. I obviously didn't shower that evening, but it just shows you how determined they can be when they're hungry. And talking about blood-sucking critters, Rainforests and jungles have mosquitoes, ticks, etc., as well as leeches, which as far as I know don't pass on any diseases. They say you shouldn't pull them off, like removing a tick, you should use a special tool or a special method. But very often we're in situations and places that require quick improvised action. When I've been in remote places I've pulled small leeches off me without any lasting effects and I know you're not supposed to. Leeches can easily be removed using lots of different things from insect repellent, DEET, they say even shampoo works, also salt, alcohol, you can burn them off with a lighter or a match, but once it drops off you will continue to bleed profusely due to the anticoagulant they use so your blood doesn't clot or stop flowing while they're drinking. And somewhere I have a photograph of my grey t-shirt covered in blood after a leech dropped off and it continued to bleed. I tried everything to stop the blood but nothing worked until I was told to put tobacco on it. Okay, that's the nine bugs that I've encountered while travelling, backpacking and camping. And possibly you too. So if you have any questions, please put them in the comments section. Before you travel, do a little bit of homework and check out these places that you're going to. Find out what diseases and insects and stuff like that are there. And if you're a long way from anywhere where you can get treatment, you need to know how to deal with these things. So if you have any questions, just put them in the comments section. And if you got this far, thanks for listening. And enjoy your next trip, bug free. Ciao. Well, that's all for this week, folks. And please remember, the same road can be travelled a thousand different ways. So get out there and make it your own. Until next week.